welcome in on a Friday, February 26th, 2021. I think this is the last February of the month. Thank God, bring on March. Uh, and then we've got news today. Yeah, we do. Uh, tons of it. Yeah, we do have a lot of news. For, for as slow as it kind of is right now with everything, it, there's a decent amount. I think people, I think the production companies are starting to kind of ramp up and get ready for maybe this summer. Uh, probably more likely during the holiday yeah. season. I think it's going to be closer to fall. They just re- said that uh, the newest Bond movie, which was supposed to come out, I think, March, almost a year ago, is going to come out in early October. So I think they're starting to kind of ramp up and planning for for fall and maybe Christmas time and things like that. So they're starting to kind of try to get everything back going. Um, but let's jump right in. Uh, first yeah, off... Absolutely. First off is uh, the answer to the question no one asked. Uh, why can't we get a face-off sequel? Well, good news. You're going to get one, and it's probably going to be terrible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, they had originally announced it as a remake. Um, and then the directors come out and said, it's not a remake. This is going to be a direct sequel, which is all right. But, uh, you know, spoilers, Nick Cage died. So wondering what they're planning on doing here uh you know to bring characters back i guess they can bring back the daughter of uh, uh travolta's character and uh i'm trying to remember did the brother die uh, cast your toys and brother i don't remember it i mean i feel like you're not gonna I, I, in a movie where you can take a face off put it on someone else and have that brand new character i feel like <laughs> that's, that's right. kind of a moot point yeah <laughs> and in a world where Nicolas Cage will do anything for a Snickers bar yeah uh, <laughs> yeah no you're right you're right what was I thinking he'll be back somehow yeah yeah he says it's going to be a direct sequel um and the director is uh Adam Wingard which <sighs> he hasn't made a lot of good stuff he's doing the Godzilla vs Kong movie though uh and he directed the Death Note movie I think it was on Netflix I didn't see it I heard it was not great. It wasn't bad. Okay. It wasn't bad. Fair it was it wasn't it what wasn't great about it was just the overall premise to begin with. Like it was one of those things that was hard to do right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, it was perfectly fine. I uh, enjoyed it. Um and Godzilla versus uh Kong it wins trailer of the century. So, uh so I'm in. <laughs> I'll give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, and you know what? This is it's I mean He's not making Shakespeare here. It's it's face off part deux. Like uh, I'm gonna allow myself to be somewhat excited. I'll be more excited once I see. Well, well it's I, it's not even put on IMDb yet, and there's nobody there's nobody cast. Yeah, if you, so if you don't know it's gonna be bad, that's your fault. Yeah, <laughs> you're going in knowing it's gonna be bad and deciding I might have fun and enjoy this anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you act surprised that it was bad, then that's all on you. Yeah, I'm actually kind of liking the resurgence of some of these higher quality B movies. Not like the ones you see on like Sci Fi Channel um, or those really, really bad B movies, but like mediocre yeah. level B movies. Like mostly what the ones that Mel Gibson does now, they're, they're stupid yeah. but enjoyable. And uh, I kind of like uh, a return to that. So I'll, yeah, I'll watch the Face Off sequel. I mean, the Fast and Furious movies are basically B movies with just really good budgets. That's exactly what they are. Uh, They're definitely B movies. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next thing is Roger Moore's to develop an interconnecting Disney series universe. DSU, maybe. 
uh, series that will follow a world in which the worlds of the theme park are real. So Society of Explorers and Adventures and Swift Stanley Robinson will be uh, the first series in development. This is, a, this is a story you found. I haven't really read much about this. Uh, yeah. What's going so, on? The only caveat I'll say is, uh, to disappoint fans, it isn't Roger Moore. It's actually Ronald Moore. <laughs> it's, it's not the old Bond. No, 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 no. This would be Ronald Moore, the show creator of uh, Battlestar Galactica, Outla Outlander, okay. uh, For All Mankind, which has been great. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about him. So he was already in talks to make the Swiss Family Robinson reboot. And apparently, while he was talking to them, they, uh, to Disney, they kind of had this idea and really liked what he's doing. And they're like, let's let's look at expanding this. So Disney's been constantly wanting to make more out of their... It's really hard to rebuild the whole Magic Kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, been in the theme park, it's huge. Uh, a lot of those things have been there forever, but they don't have any story to them at all. Like, people want to go see, you know, Shrek or, or Mickey or whatever. You know, somebody they know from the movies, right? But when they go to Tomorrowland or they go to the, you know, Jungle Cruise or they go to all those different things, people have no tie into that. They're just like, all right, like, I'll go on this little float and see these things, you know, but there's no emotional attachment. So they tried that Tomorrowland movie with George Clooney and mm -hmm. uh, they're making the Jungle Book or Jungle Cruise movie, sorry, with uh, with a rock. And and yeah. Yeah. And so I think they're like, all right, we need to we need to double down. We need to create. And a connected universe of shows for the Disney Plus series, uh, or yeah, Disney Plus series that'll just be coming out, you know, season after season. And they're even talking about uh, uh, like a Black Sails type of a thing, like a pirate movie, like all, all kinds of things to, to connect all these worlds. And it could be fun. I mean, I have no idea where you start with that, but I think this is geared towards more YA, you know, more of a, a, a young audience, maybe, maybe uh, you know, 12 to 12 to 18, you know, to get them back hooked into Disney, um, you know, other than just Marvel and Star Wars. I think they want Disney to be just as big as Marvel and Star Wars. And so this is kind of one of their attempts at doing that and, and drawing interest in the theme park again. Um, so, yeah, I think it's kind of a cool idea. Um, I don't know how to pull it off. I don't know that I'm the target audience, but I wish them luck and I'll, I'll give it a shot just to watch because I'm sure they'll put a ton of production dollars into it. Yeah, um, th that seems like the kind of trend now, too, is that everyone wants to make... It, it, you can't just make a few movies. It has to be an interconnected world. Uh, Marvel kind of set that up, and everyone saw all the dollars come in, and now that's uh, that everyone's trying to do that DC to a much, much, much lesser success. Um, yeah. And I, they tried to do that with the Universal Monsters, like with Dracula, the Mummy, uh, Creature from the Back Lagoon, also to nowhere near the success. I, I don't even think people realize that was happening when they saw some of those movies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but but Disney's done it with Star Wars now too. So they've done it. They've got Marvel and Star Wars to lead the okay, way. Okay, but Star Wars was already a universe. Like that was that didn't well, need to be fleshed out like this does. Or like I mean, Marvel even had somewhat of a template. Granted, there were so many different storylines that you kind of had to pick and choose which ones were the less crazy. Yeah, Marvel already did for sure, but Star Wars, you know, the last six movies they brought out have been awesome. I mean, let's face it, the last six. So the original three were great in the 70s yeah. and early 80s. Uh, everything else has been tr really trash. It's been no, Rogue One was good and Solo was good. 
you're right. You're right. Rogue One was a spin was a spinoff movie though. Mm-hmm. But so so uh, the Mandalorian series. I mean, that's setting up a world of ten more series that everybody's genuinely excited about. Yeah. Um. So so as far as the excitement factor, you know, and it builds a buy-in. I mean, that's what they saw with the money in Marvel is. There's people that went to go see Ant Man, that probably never would have. Yeah. Like if that had been the first movie that came out, no one's going to see that. Yeah. But people are like, I've watched everything Marvel and it's been fantastic. I'm going to see the next Marvel. Like, they're not going to see Ant Man. They're seeing the next Marvel movie, and uh, and that's what Disney wants to be able to do on their side too. So it makes sense. And and they you know they've got the the blueprints in house. The the two that have been successful to build off of. So. Okay. It, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the next thing, this is exciting. Uh, Donald Glover signs an overall deal with Amazon worth, they said, about 10 figures. Uh, that's exciting, especially coming off the news that he and Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, will be doing a Mr. and Mrs. Smith series on Amazon. Uh, you also know they played together in the solo movie as Lando Calrissian and L337, respectively. And I, both, they're both fantastic. <laughs> They're both really great. I don't care. They could do anything, and I'm watching that. Yeah, the problem is everything Donald Glover does just brings me more disappointment because it's so great. But he's had, let's see, Deadpool was in the works, and then they left in the middle of it after getting everybody all excited about it. Uh, Atlanta comes out, and he's like, I'll write the season two one day. Uh, it's never coming out now. Now they're officially he's, he's severing with FX to do this. So we'll never see season two of Atlanta, I guess. Okay, so a um, little bit of news on that. Um, it got pushed back because of COVID-19 shooting protocols, but the third and fourth season uh, are to begin shooting back-to-back in March, and then his contract with FX is going to be done. Well, you just made my day a little bright. Yeah. So <laughs> I do love to hear that. That No, that's fantastic. I didn't know that. Okay, well, great. Um, and uh, But, yeah, no, he's he's – one of the best minds out there and mm-hmm. he works with uh his, uh his partner that directs most of his his uh episodes of atlanta and, and some of the other things he's been doing so i'm sure he'll bring him over with him and, and, well his uh, brother together, Stephen glover is coming over as well right and yeah. also yeah, got an overall deal right it mm-hmm. yeah yeah he helps him write it and it's what would you say here is it hero hero uh what's the, the name of the gentleman that directs all the movies uh for them and, and tv shows and oh i don't know music video was so famous um yeah it's uh it's a japanese gentleman i believe it's hero something i'll look into that uh, but yeah keep going yeah he's fantastic so he's the one who's, who's directed all these amazing episodes of of uh of atlanta that you watched um and and he did the music video you know that was really famous the, uh yeah uh, hero uh, Mariah. this is hero america Mariah. here yeah yeah hero so so he's done almost all of them. he did 14 of the 18 episodes uh and then yeah in those videos so yeah i'm excited man i'm excited i think i think he'll bring him with him because they seem to be like a great partnership and yeah i'm pumped so talking about that hero murai because i've never really looked into much of, i i didn't realize all that stuff that he directed all those music videos and uh, yeah. atlanta uh he also did an episode of snowfall which i never watched i wanted to but i just never got into it and then he did four episodes of barry which is just delightful yeah yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Station Eleven, which is a uh, miniseries coming out of here soon. Um, I've heard about it. Oh, it's for HBO Max. Yeah, yeah the survivors of a devastating flu pandemic try to rebuild their lives after losing everything. Dude, the uh, cast, Mackenzie Davis, Himesh Patel, who's quickly becoming one of my favorites, Gail Garcia Bernal. 
Those are some of the bigger yeah. names in it. That, that's and Caitlin Fitzgerald's pretty big too. Yeah, that's that's going to be potentially really good. Uh, I think it comes out really soon too on HBO Max. I think I saw. Could be wrong. Where do I know Caitlin Fitzgerald it. from? She looks real familiar. Is she in? Uh, Is it Masters of Sex? That I'm I never saw that one. Oh, she's in Succession. Oh, is she? Yeah, Simone. She plays... Uh, I didn't remember in that. Yeah, she was in that... Um, oh, I'm trying to remember the Oh, yeah, character. yeah, yeah. She's the girlfriend of yeah. uh, the crazy brother. Yeah, yeah, I forgot she was in that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Masters of Sex is where she got kind of famous. That uh, HBO show, Showtime? Mm-hmm. Was. Showtime. Showtime. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan, uh, yeah, Martin Sheen. really good in that. Yeah. I've heard good things about that. I just never gave it a shot. It's really good. Yeah, I might have to to check that out. All right, next on the agenda. uh, Constantine reboot in the works from from J.J. Abrams for HBO Max. I I mean, if they can get it right, that's great. I heard the old show was not bad. I never really watched it, um, but I heard it was not bad. The movie, of course, with uh, Keanu Reeves, which Keanu Reeves looks nothing like the character, but I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. I liked... I mean, if you go back and look at that cast, uh, Tilda Swinton played the Angel Gabriel, and... Uh, oh, what's the Russian guy that uh, you and I both oh, love? Him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an American Gods, oh. and... Um, Peter Stormare. Yes, and he plays the yeah. devil. Yeah. yeah. I still think that was a pretty good movie, but uh, they're doing the reboot. I, I don't know... I don't think there's really much added to it other than... J.J. Abrams is doing it. I don't know if anyone else is... I don't think well, cast anybody. Yeah, so, so, no, they're looking to cast an African-American to play uh, Constantine, and as he calls it, Constantine. Uh, that's apparently what it's what it's supposed to be called, the way Neil Gaiman wrote it. Uh, which, which is fine with me. I, I, I really don't care who plays Constantine. In fact, yeah. I thought it would be a woman. I think I even texted you. I was like, yeah, yeah. a woman. Because, uh, you know, this is what Joss Whedon likes. I mean, Joss J.J. Abrams. Uh, yeah, Joss, Abrams, Abrams, Joss, Joss Whedon Abrams. likes that, too. <laughs> He does like it too, but J.J. Uh, Abrams in a different way. Uh, yeah, likes to have those, usually as heroin. So I was surprised to hear that, but that, that's cool. I'm, I like that too. Um, and uh, I think that if you're going to make this show, the only way it really works probably is HBO Max because it's going to need to be darker to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's more, it, it is, you know, the quote unquote magical spectrum, but it's also more like a, of a horror show and movie and so being on cw kind of seemed a little cheesy to me yeah and it's kind of why i didn't ever give it a shot but i do know there's a huge cult following behind that guy matt ryan people loved you know his version of it but uh i'm sure they'll give it a chance once it hits you know hbo max for sure i'm just really curious to see if they try to if this is like a legit like warner brothers you uh you know cinematic universe or whatever like because they're doing Green Lantern, they're doing Supergirl, they already announced the movie, the actress will play it. Um, you know, it, are these gonna interact with the characters in the movies? Um, so like, is this the Constantine that might show up in a movie later? That's, I'm kind of curious to find that out. Yeah. Yeah. Which I haven't said. Yeah, I'll be interested if they do that too. I, I don't know. It, it makes a big difference on the casting. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're gonna cast a, quote-unquote TV actor or if you need to get someone who can pull in big budget. I mean, it's J.J. Abrams, so you can get the budget for it. And, I mean, I I think they could get a big enough... If J.J. Abrams is doing a superhero thing, um, I think you're going to be able to get pretty much anyone you want. I think you're right. 
Speaking of which, uh, he did get anyone he wanted because he wanted to do an anthology series called Tiny Horrors. So he got the the most reasonable person to get for that, Stephen King, to help him uh, develop it. Yeah, I mean, he's had a great like a, a, a amount of success, I guess, with Stephen King. So, you know, he did Castle Rock as mm-hmm. well. J.J. Abrams was the, the executive producer that helped get that show off the ground. And eleven twenty two sixty three with James Franco that was. Okay. Yeah, I heard that was okay. The book was okay, so you know, makes sense. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's really just meant to be a fly on the wall during Kennedy, and it was all made as a fascination of Stephen King's, uh, so about the whole Kennedy assassination. So I mean, I, I can see why that wouldn't be the greatest ever, but you know, J.J. Abrams said, "Look, man, I'm going to make a connected universe of yours uh, with a, with this whole Castle Rock, and I want to get the the gist of what." you write like this won't be you writing it but it's gonna feel like you wrote it and he did such a good job and the writers did such a good job that uh yeah i i can see why Stephen king would run back to him to to make something with because you know everybody else makes horrible Stephen king movies <laughs> the stand the most recent example of just horrible mistakes so um yeah yeah i think this is a great fit can't wait to see some more horror stuff out of him yeah uh, next thing, and this is a show that you and I, we used to love this show, uh, Ray Donovan. You and I were really big into it when it first started. It was on Showtime. So yeah, and yeah. then it just kind of, we both kind of got burned out at the same time. I think you got a little bit farther. I think you finished the season, but the one where, and spoiler if you haven't seen it yet, um, the wife dies, which is fine. She's a really good actress. But I, I got to look up her name because it's going to drive me nuts. But you've seen her in a ton of stuff. She's been in Deadwood and Sons of Anarchy and She's okay. around forever. Um, Paula Malcolmson? That's, like oh that. man, you're, yeah, it's something, I think that is it. Um, I'm really close to it. It's Malcolmson <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, she, yeah, um, uh, yeah Paula Malcolmson. She yeah. she was the wife. Great, and I great actress. Mm-hmm. That char- yeah, the character on Ray Dunn, it just got annoying. And I mean, she, she would constantly be mad that he was a criminal, but she married a criminal like he, he he was never not a, a criminal so i, I yeah, don't know she knew she was getting into and yeah. then she griped at him for being who he was yeah um, i never got the that. whole time yeah it, it, and yet she would enjoy some of the benefits of it but then whine about him when he's going to do what he needs to do to to, to get them the money and everything that they have so yeah it, the character just feels like it was really poorly written even though it was well acted yeah i agree um, so like you know but uh but you just didn't want to see any more of her like you're when they killed her off it's like great yeah and then they <laughs> drug it out by having her ghost come back and that's why i i think yeah. i quit like halfway through the season because i was like i'm just exhausted and well, uh, i didn't make it through that either yeah. yeah i made it like four episodes in and i and i had a bail i think i did the same um, i might finish it because it, so it went seven seasons um i think we made it four four or five Mm-hmm. I, have I, to look so. and, I, so. I have to go back and look and see, but I think we made it four or five. It made seven seasons and then ended kind of on a cliff note, but they're going to make uh, or a cliffhanger, but they're going to make uh, a movie for Showtime. So, I, I mean, I like what they they did that with Deadwood. Granted, it was ten years in between, but I'm glad they did that just because Deadwood's my probably my favorite show of all time. And so, if they do it for this. Uh, I bet I could probably find whatever season that was that recapped. I could probably find a a recap on YouTube to kind of figure out what's going on. Go back, watch the finale, and then move on to season six, say, and then just carry on from there. I think that's a good way to do it. It's because I'm a genius. 
the next thing, so I'm getting kind of exhausted by all these streaming services. So there's a new one, Paramount Plus. Uh, they are coming out with their own. It, it was, it's through Viacom and it was CBS All Access, but they're renaming it. Uh, and I think they also have, uh, of course, the Paramount Network, which I don't I think it was Spike TV, which was something else. And there was something before that. Uh, but it also includes, I believe they own Nickelodeon, MTV, um, a few of those, a few of those that just aren't, you know, I'm, I have no interest in it, but they're, they're launching their own streaming service. And, uh, the two of the big ones are the, the big things is that Mission Impossible 7 and A Quiet Place 2 are going to debut and then uh, 40 days, 45 days after it's been in the theater, they're going to allow you to stream it on the Paramount Network. That's huge. So they're going to follow the HBO Max model of we realize that we're a movie producing company, but we also realize this world is moving more and more towards wanting to watch these movies at home. And so we've got to make the movie chains happy, but we've also got to make the customers happy. And you know, so far it's been working out okay. Like, uh, for instance, uh, Fears in the Black Messiah has been huge on HBO, but uh, HBO Max. But you know what? Uh, next week it goes off the air, and uh, really? we can't get it back on there for a year. Yeah, yeah. So, just like Wonder Woman. So, the the agreements are that uh, that they air it immediately on HBO Max, but for thirty days, and then it disappears for a year. Uh, oh, so it so gives, it, or maybe six months, something like that. But it disappears off the service. So. Then after those thirty days, if you don't see it, you know, or if you want to see it again or whatever, you got to go to the theater. So that's kind of the push. But this looks like Paramount's going to be the opposite. Of you want to see it when it's new and fresh and everybody's excited, you got to go to the theater for forty-five days, and then then you can watch it at home. Which seems like the right, and that's it's shocking because HBO seems like they've been doing everything right. I'm, also, I've got to go watch that Judas. I keep meaning to watch that, and I just haven't. I'm gonna have to do it today or something. I'm but, so excited about it. I'm watching it tonight. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm gonna do the same. Um, that. Paramount seems like they're doing it right. That that makes sense. Have it in the theaters for forty five days, then have it on the streaming service. That seems very very reasonable to me. Um, I hope their content is really good because I will do a max of three streaming services and then I'm done. I've already got HBO Max. I've got Netflix. I've got YouTube TV, mostly just for news and sports. I really that's really all I, all I use it for. I've got the internet for that. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I like I like live news. Or I like live sports. Um, but if I could just get that stuff, that'd be great. But this seems appropriate. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to add another one. I had Disney Plus for a while. I think you said you still have Disney Plus. I do. I do. And I think more people will starting. Well, now, now I think people are getting it because you're getting a new. Marvel show every single week. Yeah. And then and then starting July, you'll have I think two to three Star Wars shows per year and then it builds up to like six. So yeah, yeah there's gonna be stuff there's gonna be multiple things per week hitting eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it came it's not it wasn't that expensive and also I think if you paid a little bit more you got ESPN plus and something else with it. I don't remember. Yeah, Hulu. Hulu, which, by the way, Hulu is terrible. I, I watched that for all of about three minutes, and then why am I paying for subscription service that also has commercials? Give it a year. 
it's going to change. It's a, it's Disney's revamping it, and in another year they're going to have it nailed down perfect. So um, you know they they hired the FX uh, chairman mm-hmm. uh, to come over and, and run Hulu. That's a good and one. And they're going to and they're making Hulu. I think we talked about it. The uh, PG thirteen and up uh, version of Disney Plus. That makes sense. So so all the Fox, uh, you know, and the Fox movies, all that stuff will be on Hulu. All the adult series like uh, Devs. That they make will be on Hulu, Handmaid's Tale, all this stuff. Um, Modoc, which we'll talk about later. Um, all those types of things will be, you know, geared toward you know geared towards the same type of people like Disney, but for the for the parents. So, <laughs> so I can watch Disney Terriers again. What's that? So I can watch Terriers again. You can watch Terriers again. Yeah. That's so the guys exciting. who brought those types of shows, Snowfall, all these, they will be they will be moving. I think that they'll. I think that they'll stop doing FX. I think they'll shut down FX once it's up and running. I don't think they do it for like another year or two. Mm-hmm. But once Hulu is really up and moving and clicking, then they'll cancel FX. And then if you want to watch those things and those programs, you got to move over to Hulu. Yeah, which makes sense. There's no reason to really have cable television anymore. I mean, other than sports yeah. and news. And even news is not even... I mean, I, I limit myself to twice a week now just because it's it's just corrosive. Well. And, and ABC and, and uh, CNN and like three other news sites are all free now with apps. Oh, so really? You can you can have the app on your TV free. Yeah, you don't need you don't need uh, cable for news. And now Netflix is oddly filling in the uh, cable TV, you know, world stuff where they're trying to do like you know cooking shows. They're mm-hmm. trying to do true crime shows like uh, you know, unsolved mysteries. They're mm-hmm. getting all those. So that those are like those last little bits of cable TV where people are like, oh, I still kind of favorite the table because yeah. I like the Food Network. And I'm like, all right, fine. We've got that too. <laughs> you come here and, uh, and, and Top Gear, I think, premieres soon. Okay. Is that Netflix? Uh, I think that's Amazon. I thought it, it was on Amazon. I don't Amazon? Know still is. Amazon? Yeah. Okay, yeah, with Rob Cordry and Dax Shepard. And I'm excited to watch oh, that. Oh, yeah. Because I heard it's great. And they brought one of the guys from the European one too. Okay. Ooh. Uh, okay. Okay. You know what? I kind of like yeah. the. I didn't mind the other American one that they had. Um, I forget what. I think it was on Discovery or something. It was like five years, five ten years ago. They they did an American one, and a lot of people. I don't know. They had issues with it, but I liked it. There was a stand up comic Adam. What was his name? Adam. Can't remember. But I really liked him. He's a good comic. And then the two other two guys. They got one kind of like posh, kind of preppy boy, yeah. and then they got like the uh kind of redneck uh gear guy and they were it was i liked it i don't know but yeah i like dax shepherd and rob cordry and uh i don't know you said they got another guy i'm gonna have to look they, that is it yeah i don't remember the names of the european guys that they're the, you know the legit guys but uh one of, i want to say keith is that does that ring a bell no, uh is one of the three guys yeah so one of the three main guys he's joining and he's like a, uh anyway they say that uh Cordry's absolutely hilarious, and they feel like they really got the uh, the chemistry right because they said that uh, Dax is extremely competitive, and he and that uh, and the original Top Gear guy get really competitive the whole time. And Rob is just apparently hilarious to watch as oh, he failed all the yeah, time. Yeah, I like Rob. <laughs> uh, Jethro <laughs> Bovington is the other guy. I've never heard of him. He's not from the original Top Gear. Yes, yes, yes. No, are you sure? No, I'm, he's from no, I'm positive. Gear. He's not not from the original Top Gear. He's not. Okay, not the original. Gotcha, no. gotcha. He might be on the most current. I've never watched it. Oh, man, the originals The originals were fantastic. They were worth watching. Uh, well, in related Paramount news, uh, so Mission Impossible 7, which will be released 45 days after theaters, uh, was supposed to be filmed back-to-back with Mission Impossible 8. But due to Tom Cruise having to leave to promote 
uh, Top Gun Maverick, they have to put a stop on that. This one's not mm-hmm. as much COVID related as, as it was before, but I mean, that's definitely going to push Mission Impossible 8 pretty far back and on a movie that was already pushed really far back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's shocking, but uh, yeah, that's shocking. I wonder if they finish up the storyline in MI8. I, you, would, you would hope so. Right? I, I don't I, want to see an MI9 with Tom Cruise. Yeah, at 65 I, you know what? From a plane. They keep putting them out. I'm going to keep watching them. They've all been, other than Mission Impossible 2, they've they all been very, uh, very entertaining. Great. I thought they were going to pass the baton to Jeremy Renner there for a second. It looked like they were going to pass it to him. I don't think they'll pass, but I don't think they'll pass it to another white guy now. No more honkies. I think yeah. it'll be someone else. You know what? That's a great point. And you know. I, I've thought that almost every movie since, like, I think part two. Like, yeah. I, I think I think in the second one, I, you know, the guy that ends up being in the tutors, uh, uh, the main Do Gray uh, Scott, main actor. Who's that? Do Gray Scott? No, no, no. no, no he no. was in the Mission Impossible too. Well, the main actor uh, from the tutors. Um, I don't know. I've never seen that. Oh, you haven't? No. Nope. Oh, that's uh, they brought us Henry Cavill. You should watch it. They can uh, Jonathan Rice Myers. Oh, okay, Reese. He's Welsh. Yeah. Reese. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, he looked like he was training to become Tom Cruise's character in, in that sequel. And I'm like, oh, I wonder, if, wonder if that's the you know even in part two. I'm like, I wonder if he'll take over like starting at part three when Cruise won't want to do it anymore. Uh, and then Paula Patton seemed like a really cool yeah way to pass it on because she was like really tough, really good, really great actress and and. They were kind of moving towards, you know, not doing only white actors back then. Apparently, it didn't work out. Uh, and uh, and then, yeah, and then Henry Cavill looked like he could be somebody who could take take some more, you know, of the role going forward. But, yeah, and then Jeremy Renner. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess I guess there never will be a, a baton passing. Well, okay. So here's here's the cast for this for this one. Vanessa Kirby returns as the White Widow. Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell, Rebecca Ferguson, Simon Pegg. Palm Clementif, who is Mantis in the Marvel yeah. movies, Angela Bassett, Shea Wiggum, love Shea Wiggum, Bing Rames, Isai Morales. Um, if it's one of those who, I, you know what, I feel like Rebecca Ferguson, she's really yes. good. I don't see her taking over. I tell you what, if Haley Atwell took over the Mission Impossible, that would be cool. I, I am a big Haley Atwell fan. You saw from Agent Carter, she can definitely whoop some ass. I would be okay with that. I don't, I don't, I, I think Rebecca Ferguson's way better. Uh, I mean, not as an actress in, in uh, you know, yeah, like no, a yeah. statement. I love, I love me some Haley Atwell, but I, Rebecca Ferguson just got jacked. Like she yeah. looks like, I have a problem with, you know, we're talking about, I love women actresses in action movies. I just hate when they have a 90 pound Angelina Jolie backing the guy and knock him unconscious. Yeah. Then, uh, I don't like it. And, uh, but like Jer- uh, Rebecca Ferguson looks legit like she could whoops butt yeah and uh and did a really good job of it in the last two movies i think she would be a great fit to take over although she she in my she, she's in a different she's yeah she's in my five she's uh, yeah she's in my five or my six not saying mission impossible six it's the clandestine equivalent of cia for the british in my six or in my right, five right yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, I I love her in it though. I I wouldn't fight you on that. I think she's fantastic. I I'd have no problem with that. I'm a little bit more partial to Haley Atwell just because I really liked the first season of Agent Carter, and I think they should put her in a lot more action stuff. She was. Yeah. I feel like she was so wasted in that universe. Um, I think they could have used her a lot more. But what are you gonna do? Uh, and yeah. other delayed news. Uh, Better Call Saul 
has been delayed to early 2022, and that is this is the final season. So it will have been two years since season from season six to season seven. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. From season five to season six, and season five ended so well. Like it was. Better Call Saul is similar to Breaking Bad, where it starts off really, really slow and it kind of builds, builds, builds. And this last season, season five, has been fantastic. Are you caught up on it? I finished two seasons of it. Okay. So I yeah. guess I'll have to, because uh, it, it was just so, so. I was so sick of the pettiness between him and his brother. Yeah. But I just couldn't. And I'm like, why are you putting up with this guy? Yeah. Like <laughs> coming in and putting your cell phone in the alone with him and walking. I'm like, ah, I think he's just gonna. You know, he's gonna hose you over. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just, I think. I might have started an episode or two or season three, but I don't think I got far into it. So it's, I'll be honest, this, I, I watched it live. Like every week I would tune in and that's not the way to do it. You kind of need to binge this because it's that, it's got that slow burn that it's, mm-hmm. it's slow. And then the last 10 minutes, it kind of builds to the next thing and then it's slow and it builds up. And then the seasons progressively get more and more tense. And I, I stopped about, uh, like I used to watch Breaking Bad. I watched that show live for the longest time. And then like season three, I quit. And then uh, yeah. a friend of mine convinced me, he's like, no, no, go back. And I got back into it and finished it and got caught up uh, before the finale. And this is similar to that where it has to build. Um, and I see the reason why. Push through. Season five yeah. is really, really good. And it brings in an actor who uh, I'm starting to see him in, uh, in some other stuff. And... Uh, boy, he's, he came out of, uh, uh, I think it's like Mexican TV and he played the main bad guy in in the the last season and man he is this guy is electric like he is really really good tony dalton's his name and he plays the main oh, bad guy him. yeah um yeah what's it, what else has he been in recently so he's gonna be too. he's gonna play he's gonna be in the hawkeye series that's about to come out that's right I yeah that. okay uh, he was in since okay. eight um, everything else is kind of uh, looks like Hispanic TV, but man, I don't. I would start putting this guy in everything. He is really, really good. Okay, yeah, but, absolutely. I, I saw him. Maybe I just read up on him when I saw that he's going to be in the. Uh, that might be it. when I when I saw he was going to be in Hawkeye, so I, I checked it out. But uh, yeah, because I don't see anything else I would have seen. No, I didn't watch Sense Eight. That's the I only didn't either. American, you know, thing. So yeah, that must have been it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so the next thing, this is a bit of good news, although it took them a long time. Uh, District 10, the sequel to District 9, screenplay is in the works, according to Neil Blomkamp. Uh, I like that. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm interested to see if they're able to put Charlotte Copley in it, because I love me some Charlotte Copley. Uh, I don't know how you would be able to after the end. They better. Yeah, they better. Well, at the end of District 9, I don't know how you would have him in it. And uh, you don't know how you would have him in it? Yeah. Did you remember the, the end of District 9? Uh, yeah. Doesn't he start becoming one of them? He, he is. Uh, by the end, he is one of them. Oh, is he completely? Yeah, he's like a full... Like no, no. He ends as a... Like, he, the very last scene is the girl looking at him. He's a full-blown alien. Oh, God. Why do I not remember that? You okay. should go back and watch it. That's a really <laughs> good movie. Um, yeah. And then you can watch... You don't have to watch any of the other Neil Blomkamp movies, though, because they're all exactly the same theme. Oh no, they're so much worse. No, I never saw Elysium. Yeah, I did not hear good things. And then Elysium is the worst bad. movie I've ever seen. Really, the worst movie I have ever seen. And I've seen all the Fast and Furious movies <laughs> uh, with glee. Uh, Elysium is it. 
you could not write a worse movie if you tried. <laughs> and, and the ending that's supposed to be the savior to the king, to, to the world, uh, basically, is the worst thing that ever could have happened to them. And yet they they leave you trying to, uh, you know, spoilers. Don't care. You don't want to watch it. I'm saving you. Yeah, I'm that's fine. Uh, the whole beginning and setup of the movie is that it's, the overpopulation has taken over the earth and we've run out of resources, we have no food, we have no nothing. It's like a barren desert, the whole planet, and there's some rich people living in a little thing up in space, like in a little Elysium, this mm-hmm. perfect little society. And they've got these like like X-ray machines you get in and it like fixes anything wrong with you. Cancer detected? Gone. Anything as it passes over you. Uh, so they, you stay healthy and young for, like, for a really long time. Uh, so the whole thing is them fighting to get up there and Matt Damon, you know, because everyone's in these horrible worker conditions. Mm-hmm. Well, they finally at the end get up there and they're able to steal those machines and bring them down to Earth. So now there'll be free universal health care for everybody. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the world's overpopulated and you don't have food left. And now what you're saying is nobody will die anymore? <laughs> yeah. That just makes your problem so much worse. <laughs> and it's really, the whole thing was this not even attempted veiled uh, uh, written thing about the universal healthcare system in yeah. America and the elite only getting access to this stuff but the whole point of the movie at the ending was like oh my god you just made everything worse for everybody now everybody's life expectancy is going to go through the roof uh, in a place where you already are completely out of resources and the people are like yay and that's the end and you're like okay right. <laughs> was that a horror movie? because that, that was a horror, horror ending <laughs> and they're, they want me to be happy so yeah it was it was terrible Okay, well, good. I didn't watch that. Yeah, I mean, none of Neil Blomkamp movies are very, uh, they're all pretty thinly veiled at what they're trying to get at. But, yeah, uh, yeah. He's very I, preachy. But I, I love me some Charlotte Copley, and District yeah. 9 kind of came out of nowhere, and so I enjoyed that. I'll still watch District 10, uh, but I'll, you know, go into it knowing. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. it's going to be I'm that. watching it. Uh, so this is a fun little <laughs> nugget. Uh, so the Golden Globes are coming out, I think, this Saturday or next Saturday. Uh, they're to be hosted by Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, which is the only reason I would watch. Uh, Amy Poehler will be in L.A. Tina Fey will be in New York hosting it, which well, uh, I'll see how long that lasts, like how long I can make it through that, because I think that would just be annoying. But if those two are together, that's about the only way you're going to get me in there. And uh, <laughs> so the Hollywood Ford Press, which is – who votes for the Golden Globes. It's made up of 87 international journalists. And uh, they've come under fire under Los Angeles Times because they published two damning exposés um, questioning the credentials of the members, uh, seeing as how they don't, they tend not to nominate or vote for uh, black or any kind of diverse movies or TV shows. Well, that's because they don't have one black member. There's 87 people in the Hollywood Foreign Press. Not one of them is black. That's that's staggering. That's, I mean, you know, so I will say, like, oftentimes, like, when I when I see shows um, and there's, you know, fewer actors of, uh, of color than there are, you know, proportionally mm-hmm. than white people in a show, and I see, hear people upset, I'll be like, yeah, but, you know, proportionally in the U.S., there's, like, you 12%. know, it's like 30%. Twelve percent. So I'm like, if it's thirty percent, that actually makes sense. But uh, but when you see <laughs> when you see zero out of eighty seven people or people color, that is absolutely ridiculous and makes no sense whatsoever. But that's twelve. Um, that's twelve percent of the U.S. Twelve or thirteen percent of the U.S. population is yeah. is black. This is the international yeah. journalist. So this is um, this is a, you know Europe and all, you know all over the world. I feel like that's not, that's probably not the best representation of. 
that's not all over that's, the world. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. That anything less than the uh, than the population as statistical average doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Like I feel like you should be able to represent the country statistically. Yeah. I mean, or, or better, or better. I have nothing wrong with better than that, but I mean, at a minimum, like there should be a minimum of, of a certain amount. Because yeah, you, you want it to reflect the society, not just one group of people. Yeah. Um, so the in response uh, to the statement, the Hollywood Forum Press released a statement saying, we understand that we need to bring in black members as well as members from other underrepresented backgrounds. And we will immediately work to implement an action plan to achieve these goals as soon as possible. Uh, you know what, bring it up, if it's 87, bring it up to an even 100 and just make all 13 of the new people um, from different from different walks. Different backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how, how do you not, how do you not, in Hollywood, how do you not see this as being an issue? In 2021. Like, yeah, like how I mean, did you we've not? We've gone through this the last four years. This isn't like a new thing. You can't be like, oh, we didn't even notice. Yeah, that's, oh, we, we got to fix this. We're so sorry. Like, yeah. Oh my God, you, you, you've, You've had a you've had a probably a PR statement ready to go for the last four years. You're yeah. Like, oh, we're caught. Put out the put it out. I guess we got to fix this now. They're, yeah. they're purposely not doing it. <laughs> you you have to. At that point, you almost have to be trying not to. It's yeah. It's straight up negligence. You you it would eighty seven for no one to look around the room and go. You know what? <laughs> There's something wrong here. Uh, yeah. We should. Yeah. This is just it's just terrible. I can't believe that. Yeah. Um, they mentioned that one night in Miami, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Five Bloods, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom were all ignored in the best picture category. Jesus. I mean, one night in Miami, from everything, from everyone I've talked to, that's got to be up there. I mean, the directing <sighs> alone, they say, that. was great. Because it takes place over just two, in just two rooms of yeah. the hotel. Oh, okay. And, and yet, yeah, and it's done really well, supposedly. So that, that, uh, that surprises me. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't interested in One Night Miami, although I might have to now because it keeps getting all this buzz. I always wanted to see Judas and the Black Messiah. I was excited to see that. And Ma Rainey's Black yeah. Bottom. I, I I was intrigued. The fact that it's Chadwick Boseman's last movie, and I honestly I could watch that guy do anything. I plan on watching that. Defy Bloods. You talked me into watching. That is not a good movie. Uh, it has no. I can see that business being best, best picture. picture. Yeah. 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 Delroy should be nominated for something, but I can yeah. see why no one else would. Yeah. She. Alright. Uh moving on. Uh in a related diversity thing. So Netflix says they're going to spend a hundred million dollars on diversity, um, basically to support underrepresented communities in film and TV. And when I mentioned this, I was at first I was like, Oh, okay, that's good. Good for them. They're gonna just take this money aside and granted it's Netflix, they seem to have money coming out of everywhere. Uh and they're gonna use it to spend on Groups that you wouldn't normally see, which is I enjoy because I like watching things about communities that I know nothing of. I enjoy just getting a glimpse into that. Your response was, that's less than they spent on Bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's less money than Bright. Uh, so one, one feature film that maybe did well, nobody knows. Uh, that's probably less than Bird Box, uh, which granted, granted, is like the most screen thing they've ever had. But uh, yeah, I feel like they could do a little more than 100, 100 million. I mean, that's... That's a, I think they're spending, I believe this has changed and it's gotten higher, but for like a few years ago, they announced that they were spending a minimum of $2 billion a year on new content. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not much. That's not much yeah. uh, of, of that. So, but this is going to all kinds of underperforming groups, which I appreciate it. Like it, you said, like the, even the uh, Alaskan communities on here, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. That's a group that 
definitely would not ever get any kind of representation. And I, and I like seeing that, that, uh, that we can get stories from their perspectives because it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested because I would like to see what a show from the Middle East or from, yeah, from Alaska, like from Alaska. Even, even horror, even horror, like any, it doesn't have to be like a family drama about what it's like to live oh, there. Like, like when uh, the terror season two, well, terror season one was up in, in the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. Terror season two was set in the Japanese internment camps. The, the fact that I get to see the Japanese internment camps in the U.S. and what they looked like and 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 what it was like living in there was one of the most interesting things I got to experience last year. Yeah. So uh, I thought, oh, this is really cool, and it made me go online and learn a little bit more about it, find out what that was like, and like, how did I not know this? Like, I knew we had internment camps, but I, you know, I could try to picture it in your head. If yeah. you've never seen this, you couldn't. Yeah. You didn't know what it was like. And, uh, and so yeah, seeing those kinds of things have always been really cool. Yeah. So, and one of the best scary movies, I, one of my favorite scary movies, takes place in Alaska. Uh, Thirty Days of Night. Oh yeah, super yeah, great. Yeah, super underappreciated movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, good good for Netflix. Uh, way to way to be ahead of it instead of the Hollywood Foreign Press. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this one is kind of meh for me. Um, I'll probably give it a shot. So they're going to make, the, you know, the, the Dexter Revival show. Everyone's talked about there's going to be a Dexter Revival show, but they weren't really sure how it I'm was Yeah, how it was going to be brought in. Uh, well, it's basically be what Dexter's been up to all these years since his stupid finale. And uh, <laughs> I, See, I didn't hate it as much as you. I, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it as much as you. I'm like... <laughs> aspects of it i was i kind of liked him being punished and being left out in the wilderness almost like a vic Mackey type ending yeah um you know away from the people he loves and and uh and having to have killed one person he was absolutely close to like i kind of liked all that and the mercy kill being what had to change his heart and mind about what it, you know what it was like I, I didn't hate it i didn't love it i thought it could have been a lot better but i didn't hate it yeah um but uh the whole hurricane thing was kind of dumb yeah. Oh, and it <laughs> looks really terrible. The, the special it effects did. on it looked it so did. bad. bad. But, but the director said he's going to fix it all because it was a different showrunner for the last year and a half, yeah. or two years. Uh, so that original guy's coming back, and he's like, I'm going to fix it. So, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, Just I, don't bring back notes. No, I don't think they can. <laughs> uh, also, don't the fact that they're not going to bring, like, all, all his ties to humanity are gone. Which I I kind of like. Like he's just it's just gonna be him doing his thing. Like he doesn't have to Did worry they say about that though. Because I feel like it they're gonna bring the sun back. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm okay with that. Oh my god! If he if he finds out the sun's got like serial killer traits and he basically is training him. We'll see. In the books, he does. So in the books, Harrison becomes Dexter. Okay. Um, and, and, and yeah, that's a big part of the storyline. Like there were like. I think six books that were like the big ones. They might have had more since then, but I mean, Harrison started showing serial serial killer tendencies and like book three. So it was like a big part of it. It wasn't just you know the last book. So that's why I'm kind of surprised. I'm like, okay, well, Harrison's kind of been being raised by a serial killer, and Yvonne Strahovski. Um, I don't know if they bring her back. It would be kind of dumb if they don't. Um, or maybe you know it's going to set out with her dying and Harrison coming back to find his dad or something. But uh, uh, but yeah, I think I think the sun is going to be a big part of it. If I'm if I'm guessing, just based on what the books were. Okay, I mean that sounds cool. I I would like that him grooming the neck, you know, a serial killer grooming the serial killer. Because in the first in the original, his dad, you know, his dad's trying to do it uh, as a cop, and he's not a serial killer. He's just trying to keep his son from getting caught and just do you know killing bad people. 
a su- yeah. Dexter grooming his son for it seems neat. I mean, I'm, I'll be I was going to watch it no matter what because I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. the fact that I didn't realize that there's a different showrunner for the last two seasons and they're bringing uh, they're bringing the original guy back. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I wish there was some way they could bring John Lithgow back. He killed it on that show. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the uh, uh, the beauty of it was that there was so much heart in training a serial killer because you're like, this is my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I he he's gonna be this no matter what I do. So either I can let him spend his whole life in a psychiatric ward or in a prison, or train him how to get away with it because I love him and I don't want him trapped forever and uh after everything he's already been through that that was heartbreaking and uh, and the fact that he's also a cop and having to you know use his skills to do the opposite of what he swore to do so uh, really really genius and now this will be coming from a different point of view which is where he's still a cop but he's like i've been the kill i've i, I had to kill my sister mm-hmm. I, i've like i've been through, down this road and i had to leave you and you and the woman i love because i realized i couldn't do this so and now i'm finding out you're gonna do it oh my god like what do i do you know to to not leave my son in this situation that that could be really good i would love to see how that works out yeah no i agree uh the next part and i just saw this trailer this morning i sent it to you and i cannot wait for it i'm so excited uh, it's yeah. funny because every time we would talk about something Marvel, like since the beginning when Marvel started, we're like, "Who's the new villain?" We we, we always joke, "Modok." Like we always wanted to see Modok because it was the most ridiculous character. Uh, but you and I both wanted him so bad. And so, for those who don't know, Modok stands for uh, what is it? Uh, it's like only designed for killing. Object of destruction or killing mental or organism designed only for killing is what it designed is. Designed only for killing. Yeah. Designed only for killing. Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. The, uh, and it's voiced by Patton Oswalt, which just makes it that much better. And then if you look at the voice cast, so it only shows that there's one episode, um, mm-hmm. but the voice cast is Beck Bennett from uh, Silent Live, who's he's all right. Um, John Daly, who you might not know, he, he does a lot of voice acting and uh, he's in little things here and there. Melissa Fumero, who is uh, Amy Santiago on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Wendy McClendon-Covey, who is just great. She was on Reno 911. She's on The Goldbergs. Um, Sam Richardson, who absolutely stole scenes in Veep. Which, and saying that, like that's not something you take lightly. That is a that was a loaded cast, and that man would steal scenes from from all those high class people on Veep. And then Ben Schwartz, uh, also known as John Ralphio from Parks and Rec, that is yeah, it's, neat. It's amazing. And and now that I know from seeing this trailer what the style and that this is a straight up comedy, and what it is, God, I, so Hulu originally had four series planned, uh, and they were going to do just like Netflix's uh, Defenders, except they tongue-in-cheek decided to call them the offenders <laughs> and, and it's gonna be modok uh howard the duck which was done by kevin smith which now i really want to see mm-hmm. and then hit Mon- hit monkey which is one of them which is archer but he's a monkey <laughs> all right <laughs> that carries two pistols and goes around killing people and doing it with a suit on <laughs> uh and uh and, and sleeping with a woman and all this uh, womanizer so uh it sounds like it has the potential written by these same types of people to be this hilarious group of getting them all together and in an offender style uh, uh television show so it's going to be modok hit monkey howard the duck and someone called tigra who looks like cheetah from wonder woman and then uh and then yeah the offenders team up series on hulu so i i think the others were canceled i think only modok has happened 
Okay. Uh, well, if this does well, um, yeah, maybe, maybe get some more. And this is it. So from the trailer, it's kind of like it feels kind of like a mix between um, a Robot Chicken and the Harley Quinn animated series. It feels like it's going to be a mix of those two. Okay. Is that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, what did I, you I, get I, from I, it? I'd agree. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's what it felt like too. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm looking forward to it. It's. It, it just looks fantastic. Uh, and then lastly, this is big though. Um, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Paramount it, moving away from FX. I think you can see this from a lot of different people that have investments in cable TV. So AT and T is nearing a deal with group TPG, I have no idea what that stands for, I couldn't find any information on it, to sell a large minority stake in DirecTV Uverse um, at a $15 billion valuation. So basically they're gonna sell a big chunk of their Uverse involvement, which they bought, I think they bought for, in 2015 they, they spent 48.5 billion, which is 60 billion with the debt that they would have accrued with it on uh, DirecTV. And Lord knows they would try to bundle everything they could with it. Uh, no mm -hmm. one, but um, now they're they're moving off. It, this has got to hurt. I mean, they're going to sell it for fifteen, and they spent sixty-seven. That is that cannot be a good chunk. Well, they also bought Warner Brothers and HBO, so they yeah. have HBO Max. Yeah. So the Directv proved to be a failing venture, and I think they were thinking that. Uh, uh, like the Slingbox and the uh, PlayStation View, and they had uh, DirecTV, mm -hmm. YouTube now, TV, right? I think it's called, yeah, DirecTV now. They, anyway, it was, uh, I thought the streaming, you know, cable television. I think they thought that would work out, but it's just not. And I think I think cable's just. I think it's got about five years left of just waning until it disappears because there there are still you know groups of people that still don't love using the internet or trust it or have access to high speed internet believe it or not it's hard to believe but when you get to even smaller you know not that smaller towns like college station texas you know there's a pretty big population there but half of the city doesn't have high speed internet because att hasn't made it all the way out there yet um but now you've got you know, elon musk's company hmm. has been trying out their high-speed internet rarely from the satellites the and satellite. it's looking great yeah that's what i've so, heard so once that's all up and running like i don't see cable making it another two years after that point yeah i mean there'll still be people that hang on like my when i try to convince my parents like why are you paying all this money go to youtube tv uh, i even said I, you can have five users on at a time so i'll split it with you it'll cost us i think they just raised it to 70 bucks so it'll cost us 35 bucks a month each and i was like well i don't want to learn all the new channel numbers which that statement alone kind of lets you know how out of touch people yeah. are because there are obviously there are no channel numbers you can rearrange yeah you can rearrange all the channels you want you can even delete the ones you don't want uh from your menu and uh and you don't have to have a box. You don't have to have to worry about someone coming out. You can watch it on a tablet. A phone, you can watch it on everything. And I think the older people are just kind of uh, technophobes in general. I mean, you can see that from like when they interviewed, when Congress interviewed Facebook and they just didn't know what to ask them. Uh, people just, it's just changing too fast. So there'll still be those people who will have cable. And what's crazy is the more people that drop cable, the higher the prices come for the users to kind of offset exactly. those prices. That, yeah, that's the problem is eventually these, the, the individual channels on the basic cable networks can't function anymore because they don't have enough viewers. Mm -hmm. So even if you want it, you know, TBS is going to be like, 
can't afford to keep making the shows. This this is a failing market. So we're putting we're we're developing our products with our TBS studios, whatever that may be, and we'll air them on uh, you know a streaming platform. And I think um, TBS has gotten rid of all their shows. All I like when I happen to flip through, it just seems like they're playing Friends over and over again. Yeah, and it's the same are. episodes at watch. one and a half times speed, so they can add more commercials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you may be right. You may be right. It's 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 a little ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't, I just don't see it lasting too much longer. You're seeing the writing on the walls. Paramount's leaving. Uh, CBS has its own thing. Well, I guess that's part of it now. Um, but well, it's all Viacom. Is, CBS, Paramount, it's all Viacom. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it lasts much longer, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I would say fortunately. Yeah, let it go, yeah, let it die. Know. I don't want it. The, I'm just thinking of the jobs. Yeah, yeah, but the jobs will transition because the jobs will still be. I mean, there's probably more content being put out now because of all these different streaming services. The problem is going to be Agreed. there's going to be so many streaming services. It's almost going to be like having cable again, uh, to where you have well, you can bundle this with it. You know, like with Disney and ESPN, you can bundle all these together. Well, I don't want that. I just want ESPN or I just want Disney, and you're starting to see already that piracy's on the rise because before piracy started getting lower because there was Netflix. I mean, people had Netflix and like, ah, that's fine, I'm good. Um, I don't really need TV too much. I can just kind of get by with Netflix or whatever. And then Amazon Prime, you would get Amazon streaming service, whatever, for free. Albeit that user interface they have is god awful and they never seem to fix it. Uh, and now with HBO Max, I'm like, I could probably get, if it wasn't for sports, and news, I would I could get by fine on Netflix and HBO Max probably. I think I'd be fine with just those two. Uh, I'm limiting my I limit myself at three because honestly, if you're paying fifteen bucks a month for each, well now I'm already at forty five dollars a month, and that's about the most I'm going to spend on any TV medium. Okay. So yeah. I don't know, my short by two cents, but. Uh, that wraps up everything we have for news. We'll be back on Monday to tell you what we've been watching and uh, what we're looking forward to. Uh, we'll see you then. All right.